0: Welcome to Massimo's Lab, where we experiment with just about everything society has to offer. Joining me in the lab today is my dear cousin and cornhole master, Paul Markovina.
1: Hey, everyone! How you guys doing? Um, I'm proud to be the first guest on Massimo's Lab. And I'm excited for this first podcast.
0: Today we will be discussing the Euro 2021 tournament. And it's going to be a very exciting one. Unfortunately, it got um, suspended back a year. It was supposed to happen June 2020. But now it's going to be happening in June 2021 due to the coronavirus. Um, It was really deflating to see that news. But now they'll be playing the club games and plan to finish the European club seasons in the summer, this summer. And then that'll leave room for next summer to have the Euros. Paul, uh, what what were your thoughts when you found out that the Euros got moved?
1: I mean, it wasn't a huge surprise to me. I mean, to the fact that mostly everything else, and now even the Olympics have been moved back to 2021. I mean, once that news got announced, I knew everything else was going to be pushed a year back. It's not really a big surprise, but I guess it's just what has to happen to make sure this doesn't get any worse than it already has, you know? Yeah, it's it just it, the
0: feeling I had, which obviously it's a selfish sports fan reason, but we're, we have all this time sitting at home and there's nothing to watch on TV and sports is a huge part of so many of our lives. So this is just, it's a rough, rough time, but we have to stay home, you know, take proper precautions and we'll be over it and ready for everything to return back to normal soon.
1: Yeah, you're just going to have to start watching replays of old matches and stuff.
0: Yes, I have been doing that already, but we could plan for the future starting with the playoffs, which um, there are 24 teams in this pool for the Euros, but there are four teams that have not punched their ticket to go to the Euros, so they have to play through playoff paths in the UEFA Nations League. It's a very interesting thing. It's it's kind of odd, but it's new, and we'll see how it goes, but um, four paths. A through D, and each of these teams, by winning, will book a ticket to the Euro tournament. So let's start with path A, Paul. In the semis, we got Iceland and Romania playing a game. On uh, the other side, you got Bulgaria
1: versus Hungary. So what what do you see happening between those two games? Um, honestly, for me, I think for the final result, I think it's going to be Iceland, but like each For each round, I think Iceland will beat Romania. I said it would be a two nothing victory for them. I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but I mean just from how they performed in the last Euros, knocking out England, these other three teams that are in this path with them, I don't think uh, anyone will stand a really a a hard chance. And the other match up is Bulgaria versus Hungary, which I also say uh, Hungary is gonna become victorious. Obviously. Bulgaria. I'm surprised they even got got into these playoffs, honestly. I think it'll just be an easy win for Hungary, but unfortunately, I don't think they're going to beat Iceland to make it to the group stages. I actually had the same exact predictions as you, with Iceland
0: booking their ticket, getting through. It's honestly the Iceland magic that's been working for them ever since the Euros, really, when they made their debut and, like, caught the world by storm.
1: Yeah, like, I don't really, I don't really know. I really see, like, Bulgaria is something like they should be happy they made it this far not to be like rude to them or anything. I feel like they should be satisfied with okay we made it here but I just don't see it happening where Hungary will lose to Bulgaria. I just don't see it.
0: It definitely seems like more of an expectation for Iceland to really take it on this one rather yeah. than those other teams who might not have that same experience. So then we move to path B where we've got Bosnia and Northern Ireland on one side and Slovakia versus the Republic of Ireland on the other side. Um, Paul, let prediction.
1: This one, This one is harder for me, honestly. Um, so Bosnia and Northern Ireland, I have Bosnia winning it. Obviously, so I, overall, I say that Slovakia is going to win it. I, I don't know what it is. I just feel like them coming into this path, I feel like they had a harder, I guess, journey to get here. And they had to compete against more challenging opponents or teams. But Bosnia also had an amazing run, too, through the qualification. But I see Slovakia defeating Republic of Ireland and Bosnia defeating Northern Ireland. But I see see, uh, Slovakia taking the win over Bosnia. I just see it. I think it's going to be a close match, though. But I think Slovakia is going to do it. Maybe a goal, maybe two. But I don't know. I think it's going to be them. I had the
0: same semifinals as you, as Bosnia and Slovakia would meet in the final. But I had Bosnia actually winning it all. And I just see that you have players that are a little more um, tested on the national, on, on like the club stage. You have Pjanic, for example. You have Dzeko. You have Kolasinac of Arsenal. You see all those players, they sort of have that a little more experience that I'd say gives them edge over... Slovakia, who may have players in those big leagues, but they don't ha- hold the same roles essentially. So mm-hmm. I have Bos, I have Bosnia going to to the Euros. All right, we'll move to Path C, and this one, this one offers a uh, a couple of interesting teams that would make some noise, I'd say, in the in the Euros. So we got Scotland and Israel on the left side, and then we have Serbia and Norway on the right side. So let's hear what you got, Paul.
1: All right, honestly. Like, knowing you, I feel like you did go with Norway. I just see it. But I'm I'm going to go with, I think, Serbia. I think Serbia is going to do it. So definitely they're going to win there. Serbia is going to defeat... Serbia is versus Norway in the semifinals, correct? Yes, yes. And, yeah, okay. And Scotland is going to defeat Israel. And um, I think it's going to be a Scotland versus Serbia final. And Serbia is just going to easily win that final. I, I really can't tell you why I'm so certain, I just have the feeling that even maybe with Norway being the favorite out of this, I feel like Serbia is going to pull it together and just be able to get through this path and get into the group stage. Serbia does have what it takes. They were just in the World Cup,
0: and they obviously have the experience on the national tournament phase. But Norway just, I love Norway right now with Holland up there. You got yeah. Odegaard. They're young, and they they attack. They defend well too. As a fan, I feel like it would be the best to see Norway go through, and I think they'll be able to do it. And I actually had Scotland beating Israel, and then Norway beating Scotland.
1: Be, I think that's going to be a very close game. They they finished quite similarly. I mean, in point points wise in their groups, and they kind of had similar groups to that extent too. I mean, I feel like Norway might have had the stronger group a little bit, but I don't know. I felt like. Uh, they were just very close, in my opinion, in like the aspect of team-wise. And I know what you're saying with Norway having that amazing attack like right now. like Holland is like killing it out there, and I don't know. Maybe they will, but I'm going to stick with Serbia. I'm not going to switch it up. All right,
0: that's fair. We move to path D. On the left side, we got Georgia and Belarus. And on the right side, we got North Macedonia versus Kosovo. So, Paul, what you got?
1: So Georgia versus Belarus, I think uh, that one I had Georgia winning going to the finals on. I think Georgia could be the favorite in this, but North Macedonia is gonna win the whole thing. I think North I know Kosovo, they have something to prove in this. And they could be like a, a really big team where, like, let's say you were not really a big fan of the Euros, you could be like, oh, that's like that underdog team. Like, oh, I want them to go through. But like I feel like North Ma- North Macedonia, I think they're gonna take in I think they're gonna win the path D. Kosovo actually excites me, and I had them winning.
0: It would be their first, it would yeah. be their first Euros, and it's honestly the first possible Euros they could have made because they joined UEFA in 2016, which it would be so impressive for me if a team like them could make some noise in the Euro group stage. They don't have to go through; they just need to make a story to me, and that that's I saw Georgia versus Belarus. Georgia's winning that north macedonia versus kosovo i had kosovo and kosovo would also beat georgia in the final sending them to the euros so
1: yeah i definitely think yeah what you're saying like kosovo will be like that team like everyone's like oh i want to see them i want to see them beat this team i want to see them beat that team like because they're just new to the scene and like it would be cool to see but i just don't think they have the experience yet to like you know do it or maybe not beat the the level of competition they want yet because they're so young
0: it would be very similar to what we saw out of Iceland and yeah. in their debut, but, which would be uh. exciting. So now that we've decided our playoff teams, that'll change our group stage a little bit. But generally, we have a, a little bit of the same thing going on. Yeah, the first two groups are – well, they don't have any of the paths. So. Yeah, they, they, they're not involved. So we'll, we'll discuss the first two groups anyways. So what we're going to do actually before I get into the groups, we're going to go through each of our match predictions – Take that into the table, our, each of our tables, and then we'll go over some key points that you should look at when you're ready to watch Group A. Starting oh, okay. with match day one, Italy versus Turkey. I have Italy winning that one 2-1. to one. Ooh,
1: I actually have Italy losing that 2-1 to Turkey. And then we have also Wales versus Switzerland, right? Yes. Uh, on the other side, and I have that as Wales beating Switzerland 1-0.
0: I had a 1-1 draw between Wales and Switzerland. So we move to match two. Yeah. Turkey versus Wales, we'll start with. I had a 1-0 victory
1: for Turkey. So did I, as did I. Paul, what about you? Yep, I had 1-0 as well for Turkey. Italy, Switzerland, I had 2-0 for Italy. I had 2-1 Italy. I think Switzerland will score, but I don't think it's going to be enough to win it. I just I don't know, I can't see Switzerland really going past this group yeah me either. <laughs> so then we moved to match three. I had a one one
0: draw between Italy and Wales. Uh, mm, you I don't know. I have Italy winning three one against Wales uh, I mean anything could happen in this group, honestly, anything could happen anywhere across the board, yeah, and then you see Switzerland versus Turkey I had one nothing for Turkey. Uh, I had three nothing for Turkey. oh wow, big scoring events here, yeah so. My final table had Italy in first with seven points, Turkey in second with six points, Wales in third with two points, and Switzerland in fourth with one point.
1: I had similar, but I have Turkey taking the group with nine points. I, I think they're going to win every game. I don't know. They've, they've impressed me throughout the group stages. I mean, the qualification. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Italy with six, Wales with three, and Switzerland with zero. Interesting.
0: Interesting. So, generally the same thing we have going on with Italy and Turkey taking the top, Wales behind them, and Switzerland at the bottom. So, let's start with Switzerland. Um, we'll talk about key points and what needs to happen for them, maybe. They struggled in the qualifying rounds. It, it has very strong potential of carrying over into this, this Eurogroup stage. And to me, what they need most is a strong performance out of Granit Xhaka. He's supposed to be their young star. He's had some issues at Arsenal. Obviously, there's been some tension. And we'll, we'll be able to see if the world stage, the Euro, the Euros, offer him a refresher, a new start with the Swiss national team. What about you, Paul? What do you think?
1: I, th- I also agree with you with Grand Xhaka. And he has had his moments at Arsenal, but I feel like they're, they just aren't consistent enough to take this Switzerland team to... like. The round of the round of sixteen, or any further passes tournament, but I do believe like a big hit to Switzerland is obviously not having, as we both know, Shukiri there anymore.
0: Yeah, that's a bit, that's a big um, strain to their lineup because he is he is one of the attacking staples for them. So now that puts more weight on
1: the shoulders of other midfielders like Xhaka. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, exactly. Like w- when I heard that he wasn't taking the call, I was just. I was I was really surprised overall because I always looked at him and I always whenever I saw Switzerland I always thought of him. I'm like, oh, That's there's guy, Shaqiri. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's the guy you look for when he's dribbling or passing or like scoring the goals for them. Like, I think Shaka can do bits really well for the team, but I just don't think he could put together all the pieces like someone, someone that like Ronaldo or like the bigger names. Like, you know what yeah. I mean?
0: Yeah. And that's something we're going to see in this Euros, especially with it being a move back, move back a year. Yeah. This, is, this is almost a sort of torch passing for a lot of teams. The leaders are, are fading. The former leaders are fading away, the legends, and they're handing it to the younger guys. So we'll see how that goes for Switzerland, and we both see them struggling in Group A. So now let's move to the top of the group, Italy. I think the most important thing to notice here is that they're playing it at home, they don't have to move at all. They're playing in Stadio Olimpico for all three games and they're playing the tournament opener, which is going to be an energetic scene. Italy's had its troubles, as you as we know, in the world with coronavirus. Italy is currently in a sort of slump, but they've just came off of missing missing the World Cup, which is something that's nearly unheard of for a power like Italy. But I, I believe that if they bring the energy, it's going to be hard for the other teams to combat it, especially with their lack of experience.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um I see Italy as something that could be like a Russia story we saw in the World Cup but Italy has that has that depth has that uh, like raw ability whether it's anyone up top in Mobile. like he's on form he's doing great but like they have to come together and put those pieces together like they have Jorginho in the center like they have like the talent there, so definitely I think they do really well it's just can they put that together and really like, perform in, like, they are home, so could they perform under all the pressure of being at home brings? Could they really soak it up and really, like, let it all out? And that's another common thing we see. With teams that have a lot of pressure on them,
0: it could be eased up a little bit by having home advantage for, like, one, two, or three games in this group phase, which, it, honestly, I think that provides a advantage in this new euro scene where it's traveling and you see so many locations that it's taking place in
1: i think italy could really turn it around for like what they what happened to them in the last in the world cup to now and i think a
0: lot of weight is on the shoulders of a guy like marco verati who was around for that letdown who italy transitioned to a young side under mancini they need to he's brought pressure he's brought attack he's brought speed
1: yeah, a guy had, like
0: him, he needs to facilitate like a legend, like a Pirlo. That's what we need out of a guy like Marco Verratti. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, I think also a big thing for Italy is like how they will line up in the back. Obviously, they have so many, so much talent in the back, but could could someone like Chiellini not be as as uh, influential as a younger guy? Do you think yeah. it's past their time to really? hold their ground in the back i know from over the past decade they've like proven themselves to be the top defenders in in the syria but is it time for someone fresh like rugani so to speak to step in and really like put his firm grip on that center back role yeah that's that's one thing i was thinking like
0: rugani he's he's going to be the guy for italy and their name of the game is score goal and defend. That's the classic Italian style: score a goal and defend. So um, you see a little bit of a transition in style under Mancini, mm-hmm. but there will always be emphasis on that center back position just because it's legendary for the team. And with guys like Chiellini, Barzagli, Bonucci, all they're gonna make their way for the guys like Rugani, and I'm excited to see that work out for them. So now we move to we'll move to um, Turkey who we both have finishing second. Oh, no, you have them at first. I have them winning it. (laughs) I have them in second. So, um, Paul, offer your opinion to us on Turkey.
1: All right, yeah. So the big reason why I put them as the winners of this group is solely off the victory they will like defeat Italy. I think both Italy and Turkey will defeat Wales and Switzerland. But I think it's going to come up to that Italy versus Turkey game to really decide who's going to take this 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 group. And I think Turkey will do it. I think Turkey, maybe not so much in the past, but I feel like this tournament, I feel like they're going to be able to soak up that pressure and just really perform how we saw them perform in the qualifiers. They put up a great performance in the qualifying. I believe like, I believe they could win this group and I believe they might not have the best attack, but the way they performed against uh, France, uh, one of their last games in the qualifiers, defeating them two nothing with France basically having their full line, full lineup, and someone like like Kahn, and and Miro, like really holding those that center back role and really keeping keeping all of France's attacking presences out and just really putting a goal in and really putting a, taking a step back and just holding their position. So I think that's a big thing that Italy will probably struggle with when they go up against Turkey. Turkey's a big threat, and
0: by beating France, they show that anything could happen. And in 2008, they made a run, that an underdog run to the semifinals of the Euros, and at, at everybody was so impressed, and it's gone down in the history books as such a legendary run. I think defense is the name of the game for Turkey. Definitely. They got, they got Ozan Kabak, they got Marie Demiral, they got Kalyar Sionju. I think that is a very solid defensive line and it's going to be so exciting to watch teams with forward pace like Italy and Wales surge head on for teams like uh, a team like Turkey where it's a brick wall back there. And will they spill? We don't know because they haven't had pressure like this. That's what it comes down to
1: for me. Yeah, exactly. That's like a big thing. Like that could be a deciding factor if they do finish first or second in this group or they do end up in third place because Wales Wales is just able to break through that defense because of the the pressure that the Euros bring with with anything. You know what I mean? We have saved Wales for
0: last in Group A. Um, We both had them finishing third. So I think the name of the game for Wales is their pace. Mm -hmm. Daniel James has impressed so many people with his blazing speed at Manchester United. You got Gareth Bale, who's aging. You got Ramsey, who's aging as well. There, this mu- will probably be their last Euros. So, it, they're they're known for their speedy strike force. But, Paul, do you think that this hinders like that Bale and Ramsey getting older and suffering some injuries and not getting the same time they used to? Do you think that's hindering their strike force?
1: Um. A big thing with me is – that's what I'm saying. Like, I think Wales can have the potential of finishing in the top two in this. It just depends. I think it's going to really depend on how – I think Daniel James will perform. I think he's good with handling the pressure, whether it's at Man U or whether it's at Wales. But a big thing is that with Bale, Bale has been on and off at Real Madrid. I don't think he started in the last few games or hasn't really seen the field – too much as he used to back when Ronaldo was there and they were just winning Champions League after Champions League. But I think with Bale, when Bale is at Wales, he feels like I feel like he always is able to perform. And I I think if he could perform, I think the the Welsh team could really do something. And I think they can finish in the top two. But for me right now, I don't think they can just by seeing how Bale and Bale's been performing because I think he is the key factor whether Wales is going to. Do this or not? Yeah, of course he is. With a team like Wales, it's not going to be a solid
0: full team, but you're going to have the stars. And yeah, will Bale and Ramsey fold under this, or will they take it and go head on like they like they did in their last Euro run? That that's enough for Group A. We we really covered it. It's yeah, going to be an exciting. It's going to be an exciting one. There's going to be honestly no prediction is. Like could be discredited. Anything could happen in this group. So now we move to group B. This one may might be a little bit more fixed, at least for one and two. So we've got this one has Russia, Finland, Denmark, and Belgium. So let's start with match one. I had Denmark versus Finland, one nothing for Denmark. Um, I had two nothing Denmark and Finland. Okay, and then Belgium versus Russia. I had two nothing for Belgium. I think Belgium's just gonna Demolish them i think it's going to be a four nothing win for belgium okay you're going to see them coming out strong like they did in the world cup yeah so now we'll move to match two we got finland versus russia i had one nothing for finland actually that would be my upset
1: Mm -hmm. and i had one one finland and russia one one i think i think russia could compete with finland so now we move to belgium denmark
0: and i had two one for for belgium i had three one for belgium Match three, we got Finland versus Belgium, and I had a 3 nothing thrashing for Belgium, ending the group stage on a strong note. What about you? Yeah, I had 3 nothing as well. Okay, well, then Denmark-Russia, I had 3-2 thriller for Denmark. I had a 3-1 Denmark versus Russia outcome. That being said, I had Belgium in first with nine, yep. Denmark in second with six, Finland in third with three over Russia, who I had coming out empty with zero points in this group stage. But
1: what's and, your table looking like? And I had um, Belgium with nine. Obviously, I think they're going to win it every game. Denmark with six. Finland and Russia tied with, tied with both one point. But I think Russia is going to get to third just based on goal differential. Okay. So
0: we'll start with Russia at the bottom of the table. So this is going to be a rough I, – I think this is going to be a reality check for Russia – Definitely, and I I said they're they're coming out not they're going to lose every game. That's what I think. They're missing they're missing many of the staples of their World Cup squad. They're missing their goalkeeper retired, which they've had been they've been having trouble replacing. And they also have to play away an away match in Copenhagen, which could be a, a problem for Russia since that's going to be one of the big matches for them. Since Belgium is basically a guaranteed like loss because Belgium is just so strong. I think that that game's important and being away really hurts them
1: yeah i think i think honestly a big thing with russia is even making it to the quarterfinals in the world cup was just because they were home i don't even i didn't think they were going to make it out of their their group honestly but in this um in this uh euros i i think it's gonna just what you said i think it's gonna be a big reality check I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna come out with confidence because how they performed, but they're gonna realize that things aren't clicking as they clicked back in click two years ago. And I think it's gonna be yeah, a big reality check for them.
0: Let's move to Finland, and this is one of the exciting teams, the fan favorites I could see potentially. And the big theme for Finland, honestly, is the power of one player. Mm. Norwich is Timu Pookie. Yeah, Pookie. He caught the Premier League by storm. But he doesn't have a supporting cast, even in comparison to a weak side like Norwich. Do you – like, what do you think Finland's odds are with a guy like Pookie, who by himself is great, but the the scene around him isn't the greatest? Yeah,
1: I don't know. Pookie had an amazing, amazing year. And I don't know. I think – for me, I don't think it's going to be enough to defeat the likes of Belgium and Denmark, and that's going to be the deciding factor when you're in this group, because you're going to have to defeat one of them. And I don't think that puki because if you look, look at like if we're looking at Belgium, like their attacking force is just something that, and that something that Finland can't can't handle at this right now at this point. Did you say isn't this their uh, Euro debut? Yeah, this well? is a, this
0: this is gonna be their debut. Um, yeah. as of now, without the playoff teams, they're the only team to make their debut. But that could change, obviously, with any a team like Kosovo making it in.
1: I think for them, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think Pookie's gonna be enough. I think he is a really good player, but I don't know how he's gonna perform under, with all this. I I don't think I don't think they're gonna make it out. All right, so let's move to Denmark.
0: Oh, okay. by the way, for the for the people listening. Third place is an important spot also. A good third place team, they still have a chance to make it into the round of 16. So the fight is not over if you're out of the top two. So yeah. now we move to Denmark, who we both have in second. Um, Christian Eriksen, we both know, is the main attraction. And many will call this a one-man team. But honestly, that's not the case. Yeah, I don't I, think so. I think we need to watch out for a man named Martin Braithwaite, the new Barca <laughs> signing. He has the potential to do some damage in this group. And I think that we see him at Barca with flashes of excellence. And I think we
1: could see that for Denmark. I mean, you have like a young guy like Braithwaite, but you also have like, you're like, they have a solid strike, a uh, solid striker. They have a solid midfield player, Christian Eriksen. Like you said, they have a decent defender by the name of Andres Christensen. And they have a good goalie. Like they have Kasper Schmeichel. And he is, like, when he's on form, he is a beast. Like, watching him play and watching him make those tough saves. Like, even in the World Cup, we saw him make big saves. And he rallies his team together. Yeah, and he's a leader. You see him, like, you see when the camera pans over, you see him yelling. And I think he's going to be a big factor whether this Denmark team falls apart or really comes together. And, like, for the likes of... Braithwaite if he could handle the pressure that this brings with with every team. The pressure is what's gonna make these teams like a team not as full as like Belgium where maybe some guy is not having a good day, but you could throw in another guy, just maybe not as good, but someone that can compete at the level as the players that Denmark or or Finland or Russia have.
0: Okay, so, so you're talking about pressure. And I think the only thing that could stop the freight train that is Belgium, who we both have finishing clean. Yeah. Pressure is the only thing that could derail this freight train. Yeah, because I think. This yeah. This is this is their golden generation, and mm-hmm. this could be their golden generation's last chance to really seize the seize the moment. They they they've left in the semifinals, and their hype is still here, and their squad is very close. They're very. It's, it's still very consistent. But does pressure collapse them later on? Because we know they're coming through clean on this. At least unless something that is way too far off of prediction happens. Yeah. What do you think?
1: I think a big thing with Belgium, I don't think pressure is going to have a lot to do with it. But it definitely is a factor. Because I feel like in the World Cup, they handled it pretty well. It was just unlucky that they had to lose to France, which... I thought they should have won, but, um, but to me is a big thing is going to be that front three: Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne, and Hazard. At like Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne are both been playing really well in their respective leagues, but Hazard. I want to see how this. I don't know how this Belgium team could function without that third link, without Hazard up top with them, because. I know Hazard's out, but he'll be fine when this is all happening. But um, I don't know. He hasn't been on forum recently for Real Madrid, and I hope he can bring it back because I think he will be a key, key factor. Whether like this team wins this year, or not even considering the group, because I'm confident they're going to make it out. But when they come up against a team like France or France again or like uh, a team like Spain or anyone like that, I think – they're going to need Hazard at his top form to be able to do what they have to do in this tournament. I agree. And you see a
0: team like Belgium, who's so exciting to watch. They'll also be a fan favorite. So we'll move to that. That was a great job. I think that one seems a little more clear cut than any of the other groups. We'll move to group C now. So this is the first one with a playoff team. As a reminder, I had Kosovo moving into this group. Paul, who'd you have?
1: I had North
0: Macedonia. The other three teams in this are Netherlands, Ukraine, and Austria. Mm-hmm. So let's go through our match predictions. Match one, I had a nothing-nothing draw for Austria and
1: Kosovo. So obviously whenever you say Kosovo, mine is just North Macedonia, I say Austria is going to beat them one nothing, so they're going to lose their first game. Okay, and then for Netherlands-Ukraine, I have a 2-2 draw. Um, I think Netherlands will beat UK- Ukraine, and I have it as a three-one victory for Netherlands. Okay. Match two, we got Ukraine versus Kosovo or North Macedonia
0: for you. I had two-two nothing for Ukraine.
1: I I also had two nothing Ukraine over North Macedonia. Okay, so now Austria versus Netherlands. Um,
0: I had one nil for Netherlands. Uh, yeah, So did I. One nil Netherlands. Okay. We move to match three. Ukraine versus Austria, I had a two-to-one victory for Austria. I had a two-to-one victory to Ukraine. Moving on, Kosovo versus Netherlands, I had three-one for the Netherlands.
1: And I had um,
0: a three-nothing victory for the Netherlands. Our tables are, well, my table is, in first we have the Netherlands with seven. Second, we have Ukraine with four. In third, Austria with four, but with one less goal differential than Ukraine, and then in fourth, Kosovo making their debut but only coming out with one point.
1: Yeah, I mean my table looks identically yours, just the points are a little different. I think Netherlands are gonna. I think almost every team that's a top dog in this will get nine points. I mean, so far as my groups are looking out, so I have a nine six three. And zero, unfortunately, for North Macedonia. You're speaking of how Netherlands
0: is a top dog in this tournament. Mm-hmm. But honestly, they haven't had too much success to show that they are the top dogs. They didn't even make the previous Euros in 2016 or the World Cup in 2018, which was to the disappointment of many fans because they were once a dominant power in soccer. Are we going to see a return yes. in this Euros or what do you think? What do you think? Is this that's, a return that's, for them? That's
1: one of my uh, uh, really exciting things. I mean, honestly, you have – this Dutch team is young. I think it's going to be – it's like a fresh start. It brings so much hope to the the nation, like to the nation. And with the, the likes of DeLitt and Virgil van Dijk holding down the two center back positions, those two big guys. And they're playing great at their respective clubs. They're crushing it. Then you have De Jong, who is playing very well at Barcelona. And then you have someone like uh, Depay uh, up front or on the wing. And then you also have you also have we're forgetting like the defense like Daly Blind. I know he's a little older, but he's he's been playing well. Wijnaldum's there too in the midfield. Yeah, like they have a young yeah Wijnaldum. I've completely forgot about him. Yeah. Like, they have an amazing, I think, a really good team. I think a big thing for them is going to be if they can score. Because, sure, like, they could have a great defense, but if Depay can't produce the goals that are necessary for them to get to where they want to be in this tournament, then I think it's just going to end in disappointment again. But I think they are a force to be reckoned with. Like, with that back is just a brick wall how I see it right now. Yeah, this is a restless
0: Netherlands squad. Yeah. And they're young. They're all young guns really. And you've mentioned all the players that I was thinking that have become incredibly um prevalent on the national on the international like club scene. So, mm-hmm. they are really a force to be reckoned with, and I see them making a run that could surprise many, may not, because it, it they do have the potential and many of us see it. Well, we'll offer our different opinions on the bottom team. I'll start with Kosovo. As I said before, joined UEFA in 2016. They're going to be a fan favorite if they make it because it's their first one. You'll see the fans go crazy for them. But you should not underestimate this team's potential because they could make an Iceland-like journey. And you should watch for one player I have to watch is their midfielder from Werder Bremen. His name is Milo Rashica. And he's a he's a good player. So that's one guy that we could watch to make some surprises out here. So
1: for me, North Macedonia, I think they I think for me that their road ends here, obviously. But I think it was just they were fortunate to get out of the <laughs> out of their playoff. And I think like they had a group G. They had Poland, Austria, Slovenia, Israel. And obviously they finished third in that group to come and do like be in the playoffs, obviously, or a fourth-place team if they had enough. I, I feel like they don't have enough really depth. Or, I don't think they have any depth, so to speak, yeah, that they could not. compete with Netherlands, Ukraine, and Austria that have shown themselves in these early stages that they can compete with the top teams. Austria has competed with Poland, and I think Poland can do well in this tournament. And I've seen Ukraine... like. Ukraine has done some amazing things this tournament, winning their group against Portugal. So I think they're a force, and that's already the top two. And Austria is, and Netherlands is just as well, just crushing it, crushing it in this tournament. So I just think it's the end of the road for them. But yeah. All right, we'll move to one of the surprising dominant teams
0: in the qualifiers who finished first, as you said, moved into that top pot, yeah. Ukraine. So mm-hmm. Ukraine's Ukraine's ch- coached by their former legend Shevchenko. Oh yeah, and he solidified himself as not just like you see like Henri come into a coaching role, Gerard come into a coaching role, and it's not greatness, but and it, it, you see them as a legendary a legendary player, but it might not be there yet for the coach. This is Shevchenko's chance at the wheel for Ukraine, and I I think that they've already solidified their reputation. They beat. I mean, they drew Portugal away, drew Serbia away. Mm-hmm. So now they face they face the Netherlands and Amsterdam. Can they do the same? And I think that you got to watch out for some firecrackers that they have. The Atlanta midfielder, Adal- Atalanta midfielder Ruslan Mal- Malinovsky, and their striker, Roman Yarmchuk, under a legendary striker. You should expect them to come out and really pop off.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, they showed... Um, like they performed absolutely amazing through the qualification to get here. And I think a big thing with Shevchenko coming in and having that, that big national like bond and that desire to like we're going to do this. Like we're all one. Like we were all we're all here for one purpose. And I was once in your shoes and all that is just bringing this team together and they want it. And I think they're going to fight. For every last moment, I think they're a big team that's gonna fight through this tournament and maybe even surprise some big teams. Like I honestly think it could happen because what you said, even that striker um, Roman Yarmuch, what's his uh Yaram- Yarmchuk, 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 yeah, he's been doing really well too. So if he could be on form when this tournament comes around, I think they could be a really good force in this tournament.
0: Okay, so now we move on to both of our third place teams, Austria. And here's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Austria have always looked solid. They've looked solid. But when it comes to the big tournaments, they yeah. tend to disappear. So, yeah. this is a fi- like a a really important tournament for players like David Alaba, Marco Arnautovic, Valentino Laz- Lazaro. Can they change their reputation at Austria, and make it a team that could be a force in in the Euros. They don't need to finish first or second because those are two strong teams. But can they sneak into the round of 16 as a good third-place team?
1: Yeah, I think they will make it through based off their third-place finish because I think they will – I think they will do well. I obviously have them with only three points, but I think they could surprise like a team like Ukraine or Netherlands. Netherlands is a young team, and I think Austria might be more of a a more developed and more not as young and new to the scene as Netherlands. So I definitely could see that. but I feel what you said they always collapse when it comes to big things. like I remember hearing about them in the the World Cup big things, and I just heard nothing of them like throughout the the group and however far they made it I just don't really remember a lot about them. I never heard about them and I I thought they would do better honestly.
0: Yeah, so this is really almost I feel like it's a last chance for them before it really becomes consistent for
1: them. Yeah, so now we oh. I feel like David Alaba has been around for a good amount of time and I feel like Arnautovic is kind of Aging too, how old is he around now? He has to be almost 30 or over.
0: I mean he is 30 years old.
1: Yeah. so this is probably I don't think it's going to be his last rodeo with this team, but I think it's going to be one of his last. And David Alba, like
0: you'll see this also consistently among the euros. You have club legends, but do you have national legends? and that's what it's going to come down to for a versatile guy like David Alba who really is the guy. For Austria all right so now we move to group D this one's gonna excite you Paul oh um, yeah let's go so we've got just for starters England Croatia then I have Norway and Czech Republic that's the four teams that I have in this group and Paul do you want to reiterate your third team instead of Norway um my third team is Serbia just just as an overview any of the teams that could make it out of this playoff pool Whether it's Norway, whether it's Scotland, whether it's a team like Serbia, you have an exciting group ahead of you in Group D. Because let me me give you a couple matches that could happen. You have England versus Scotland in England. That could happen, which would be crazy. That would be crazy. You You have Croatia versus Serbia, which is a big fueled rivalry it would like anything goes in that game you don't even know what's gonna happen yeah
1: i don't know fists might fly i don't know flares might go off again honestly yeah that
0: wouldn't be too hot then we got norway who as i said
1: before has
0: the young squad that could that a lot of people will end up rooting for so let's start with our match predictions match one england versus croatia the one we've all been waiting for (laughs) I have England winning
1: 3-2 against Croatia. I have it as a 1-1 draw. Czech Republic versus Norway, I had 2-2. Czech Republic versus Norway, and so I had Czech Republic and Serbia, and I have Czech beating Serbia 2-1. Okay, now we move
0: on to match
1: two, Croatia versus Czech Republic.
0: I have Croatia winning 2-1. I have Croatia winning 2-0. Okay, now England-Norway. I have 2-1 for England. I have England winning 2-0 against Serbia. Match 3 we move to. I have England beating the Czech Republic
1: 2-0. I have England beating Serbia. No, England ver- beating Czech 2-1. And finally, we have Croatia versus Norway, which I have ending in a 1-1 dramatic draw. I have Croatia versus Serbia and I have Croatia winning 2-1, but it's not going to be a fun fun game for the tables. I have England coming out undefeated nine
0: points, Croatia in second with four points, Norway in third with two points. But that might not be a good enough good enough for them to get to the knockout rounds. Then Uh Czech Republic in fourth with one point.
1: So I have England and Croatia both with seven points. Obviously, they both tie to each other but i think um i think i have well, i have it is croatia has one more point than england's cuz obviously croatia is going to win it oh, okay. and then <laughs> and then i have a Czech in third with 3 points and serbia with no points coming out of this group let's let's start with you offering
0: your opinion on serbia your playoff team that makes its way into this group what do you
1: think about them uh, so serbia i mean I think they played decently coming into this. I mean, obviously you don't have Serbia making it through for your yeah, own reasons, but I think Serbia is a very tough team to defeat. I think when you come up, when Serbia come up against big guys, I feel like they are harder to beat than most teams, but I don't think when it comes to this that they'll have enough, so to speak, in the tank to really take down an England-type team. Or, like Croatia, even though Croatia might be aging, like aging most of their players as of now, but I don't think they're going to come out of this with any points. I think their they're road's ending here.
0: Well, Serbia has their fair share of talent. They've got yeah, Jovic, definitely. Mitrovic, malinkovic Savic, Kolarov, who's obviously older. You have um, Matic, Dusan Tadic. All of these guys have top
1: flight experience, and yeah, all of these but guys I, I, are good. I, yeah, I, but I feel like they just won't have enough. I could see them defeating Czech and taking third place and maybe being that that third-place team that does get in off surprise because I feel like they are a very good team. Like w- what you said, all the, all the potential they had, and they were in the group with Ukraine and Portugal. I, I think they could be a surprise to – I think they could be a team that could – be that third place finish that could make it to the round of 16. And for me, I'm saying don't sleep on
0: Norway. They're going to be fan favorites. Yeah, Why make Norway?
1: It. Why Norway? Now I want you to tell me why Norway, no team could stop
0: Erling Haaland. And I think, especially with the way that this, this playoff thing is formatted, it's one game. And I believe it's in Norway and, and they have a very good record in there. But it's not mm-hmm. just Haaland. They have a solid midfield pair of Sociedad midfielder Martin Odegaard. You have Sheffield midfielder Sander Burge. That's, that's a solid pair right behind them. And their defense may not be the strongest. And it, they may have a couple of individuals like many of these small teams do. But for me, Norway's individuals are good enough to catch, in, especially in one game, Yeah, could catch a team and sneak into the into the euros and i said i have them at third i just like them a lot so i see that yeah okay now we'll move to czech republic who i had at the bottom you had in third
1: mm-hmm.
0: they i i have them low but they're still not a team to be underestimated they beat england in the qualifiers we should watch out for that mm-hmm. they have they have alex Kral who's been impressing everybody not yeah with, young not, Not just with his hair, it's his play, too. And you have a solid goalkeeper, too, who has experience. He's at Sevilla right now, Thomas Vaklik. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. But the the Czech Republic, I have him at the bottom. But don't sleep on them.
1: Yeah, I don't think to sleep on them either. But it's going to be up to this young midfielder, Alex Kral, to really open up his team and make them have good goal scoring opportunities because they really don't have a guy up top that's that's been showing that he could compete at with the top top dogs and really perform well with the top dogs so I think it's going to be up to Alex crawl to really open up the field put in some good cross to get I think a lot of their plays will be set plays I think i I think it's going to be up to him if this team will go will go and become a third third place pick to go to the round of 16. Yeah, and Kral is one of those guys that he
0: he needs to facilitate for his team for them to succeed. And yeah, like the CDM is the staple for so many teams. So we'll see if if he's able to do it with Czech Republic, even though they may not have the best parts moving around him. All right, so we move. We'll we'll save your favorite for last. We'll go to England <laughs> now. Paul,
1: you heard we heard
0: it's coming home. Chance
1: summer 2018. I think- I think, honestly, as soon as they stop saying that chant, they might actually win something. I think that's <laughs> going to be a big thing for them. They just got to stop saying that stupid uh, chant. So, so it's a curse? Yeah, I think it's a curse. I think they just got to stop. I think they got to say it's not coming home, and then maybe it'll come home to them. I don't know. But they well, are a very talented squad.
0: Really talented. Well, home is going to be a big theme for them, even if they're not singing the chant. They're playing in Wembley. Mm -hmm. for all of their group matches, and they have the potential in the knockout rounds to play a couple more matches in Wembley. So, Mm -hmm. do you think that pressure will sell them short, or do you think that... Because we didn't have high hopes for them in the World Cup. They were there, they had potential, but we didn't have the expectations that they have now. Do you think that these expectations now are going to change this England squad?
1: I mean... I don't really know, cause England's like that type of team where you know they have good players, and you know they have a Sterling or they have, like, they have a Harry Kane. They have solid teams, but this team, I, 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 never, I never understand it with them. Like, I don't know why. Like, we're looking at Belgium and saying, "Wow, this team has their golden generation." But, like, you look at England, like they have so many good players, whether it be their strike force, whether it be a solid midfield, which is not as solid as. Like other teams but it is very good like you see them perf- almost every player perform well at the top level in england in the bar the premier league but why can't they come together and really perform as a team and show the world why why i guess you could consider them a, a bpl team a, a premier league team why can't this premier league team win the whole thing so yeah england
0: always has the squad as you said yeah And the excuse for these guys is they're a young group, Mm -hmm. but now they're getting a little bit older and a little bit more experienced. And you see Kane and Sterling and people like that get – like they're getting their last couple of hacks at this for England. But then you have a new guy like Jadon Sancho who's erupting and he's becoming a target for all these teams for so much money. Do you think that it like this age is something to worry about for England or do you think they need – Like, do they need to rush? Do they need to really worry about this? Or do you think they have time to still build something? Like, I
1: think they have something built. I think they have something built. They just can't put the pieces together. I think, as I swatched them during the World Cup, I, I thought they were putting in, like... Like, I thought Jamie Vardy was an amazing player. I thought he should have been in there more. Uh, was he even on the team? Yeah, he was on the team, right? I, I don't think he got a, his, his share of time that he deserved. Yeah, he was, I don't think he, he, was he wasn't really there. Like, I th- Kane is amazing, but I would have loved to see Vardy get in behind defenders or really use, like, uh, Kane is more of, like, he's there. He's a big presence. He's he's getting the header settled him, slaying it off to the midfield. But, like, I think uh, Vardy, how he plays is more quick quick boom boom and i feel like that works well with like a guy like sterling where you say sancho like they could really use that pace on the wing and just like really break through the defense really fast because yeah because you see like sterling like sterling and sancho they could really break through the wings and get that header but but when you get into the box and it's just Kane there I, i really didn't see Kane like as explosive or like getting, winning all those headers. I feel like there's always a center back matching up with them and stopping it every time. That's that's the thing with
0: England. I feel like their style is up the wings with guys like Alexander-Arnold, yep. Trippier, guys like that. They get up the line. They cross it. And a guy like Harry Kane, who's just a presence, you have Eric Dyer, people like that. You have John Stones. You have Harry Maguire. Yeah, they're They'll just a get presence. their head on the ball. Yeah, but they, you, but they could see, like, easily change to finesse. They could change to finesse. Yeah, they and could finesse.
1: They could – if they just could uh, like just use their pace that they have, I think they could break through so many teams and not focus so much on that Harry Kane header or or something like that because, yeah, like you said, Trippier is the one – like you you have Trippier running up the wing instead of like a Sterling. Like he's running up the wing. But now Sterling's in the box. And what is Sterling doing in the box? He can't do anything. He's too short. Maybe if a ball bounces right to him, he can put it in the net. But so many guys – the only person that can really get it is like a Kane or a Dyer. That's really it. And I think they they got to work lower. And I think they could work really well if they could do like how Barca, tiki-taka, boom, 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 one, two, three, and then boom, right through. And then just that pace just wrecked through teams. Yeah, England
0: has the squad. For me, it's just about maximizing it. Yeah, I So, think now, we, have, yeah. so mm-hmm. now we move on to the team that they lost to in the semifinals, in a dramatic fashion. Your team, Paul, Croatia. Um, one of the things for Croatia oh. that you see with teams like Croatia is golden generation is the tag for this squad, That especially during the World Cup. It was their golden generation. Do you think it's reached its expiration date with Menzukic gone, Modric aging? You have players like Perisic, Vito, Lovren, Rakitic, all in their 30s. Do you think the time is now, or do you think they're... I believe they're running out of time. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I agree that they are running out of time. Like I said, like no one thought Croatia was going to make it to the finals of the World Cup except for you, know your boy right here. Of course. But <laughs> but I feel like they are reaching their expiration date, and I feel like there is a lot of good talent that's young right now, but like to a point where you have two top midfielders like Luka Modric and Ivan Rakitic, like two of the on the two best teams in the world, side by side, and able to give you passes, and like, and I, I thought a lot of people really didn't see it as their golden generation. I, I probably almost all people didn't think they were going to make it anywhere close to where they did. But I do feel like Mandzukic is gone; he's retired. Subasic is retired. Obviously, Modric is. I think he's almost. I think he just turned thirty-five. Yeah, he's thirty-five. Yeah, and, and Rokicic is just around his age, too. But they have like talent like Rebic. Rebic is young. He's good. He's fast. He's He can get in and around. And they have Kovacic, but I don't think it's up to the level as if you had Rokicic and Modric. But I do think it's their time now because Modric and Rokicic still can perform at a good high level, but I think it's now or... They're going to have to – it's just a rebuilding stage for them. But I think they can do it. I think it's just – I think it's just believing they could do it like they did in the World Cup. And I think one of the
0: teams hurt most by this delay in the play is Croatia because of Mm -hmm, this aging. But I do have confidence in guys like Brozovic, Rebic, Kovacic to really turn the team – not into the power that got them to the finals, of course. But they're definitely going to be a presence in this tournament. So we'll move on. That that's a great overview for group group D. You know, England and Croatia is a toss up. That's going to be a huge game and that opens up the group. So that's going to be I exciting. I don't know
1: why. I always feel like Croatia and England are always together.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's great to watch, but Yeah, I, for a fan like you, it might
1: keep you sweating a little bit. A good thing Italy's not in there or uh, they yeah. would have been second too tamper's flaring. <laughs> that wouldn't be too good for us, would it? <laughs> Kick all the fans out of the stadium.
0: We move to group E. So this is our second to last group. Mm-hmm. This also features a playoff team. So up the first three that had it have their position locked are Spain, Poland, and Sweden. I have Bosnia getting through in the playoffs. And you? Uh Slovakia. Okay, so now we'll go through our match predictions. Um so for starters, match one, we have Poland versus the playoff team, which was Bosnia for me. I have three to one for Poland.
1: I have two nothing Poland against Slovakia.
0: Okay, Spain versus Sweden. I have two nothing for Spain.
1: I also have two nothing for Spain.
0: Alright, match two. We got Sweden versus Bosnia. I had a one one draw. I had a two one win for Sweden. Okay. So Spain versus Poland, I had 2-1 for Spain. I also had a, I had a 2 nothing win for Spain. Okay, match three. Sweden versus Poland, I had 3-2. Um, a real good show between them for Poland winning that one, 3-2. I have a 2-1 Poland victory. And the final match, Bosnia versus Spain, I had 3 nothing for Spain.
1: <laughs> I had a 2-1 victory over Spain because... Over Slovakia and is that's just the fact. I think Spain know they have it, but I don't think they're gonna put their their whole force into it. Yeah, they do get the rest, but obviously you could see them reserving,
0: putting their young yeah. guns in stuff like that. That makes sense, especially when you have a team like we both have. We both have them having nine points of the group, running running the table. So let's start with our playoff teams again. Uh, I'll start with Bosnia. So any any winner of playoff path B is going to ex- expect this fate that Bosnia I have receiving. It's it's a tough group and it's a really strong group. So I think that they could cause problems. And as I said before, it would be, co- it would come at the hands of Kolosinak up the wing, Jacko up top and Pjanic facilitating the middle that would give this team the glimpses of light that could help them pull upsets against these
1: giants. Yeah. So Slovakia, I don't know. Slovakia, like finished. Obviously, they were in Croatia's group, so I thought they impressed me as I watched them throughout the group stage. Um, like, but I, I always felt they were a bit behind in the talent level. That's why they couldn't get up to like the first or second position. But I feel like I feel like Hamsick is a big, big factor in this team, and I don't know if he'll really have that much to say or do but i think he will get them into this round uh this group stage but i don't think it's going to be enough to really push past the sweden or a poland but i think he's going to be their main main force going at these teams yeah
0: hamsick's a great player
1: but yeah, he's a monopoly he's guy right
0: yep he's old and he can't do it by himself so yeah it, it's going to be tough for them even if they make it which is a respectable prediction so let's move to the top of the group now. We'll
1: go to. Let's go to Spain. What What do you think about Spain? Ah, uh, Spain. There's like there's so much to say about Spain. Like Spain. Uh, like when we last saw them, they lost to Russia. It just disappointed me to a really big extent. I don't know how they lost. It was just a really big shock. I was just happy it wasn't Croatia. But, uh, but I think Spain has a really talented team. I think they have. They always do have a talented team. Yeah, I think course. Isco. They can use Isco on a, a limitless amount. I think Isco is a very good player, but I think Zidane is the reason why Isco is able to come out and play how he does. So I hope he's able to come out and play like how he did, how he does now at Real Madrid. One big thing for Spain is for me is their striker. Um, I think I think Murata will be their striker, but I I really don't know. I really don't know. What are your thoughts on the striking situation at Spain? I mean, Spain also likes Rodrigo a lot, and he's a good player. He's he yeah. was
0: a um, he had other Spanish league giants trying to pull him from Valencia. Mm-hmm. So, and you have Asensio, who's also very good.
1: So yeah, honestly, Asensio's
0: coming back. That that's up in the air, and you have obviously a lot of time to make this decision. But I think that Murata is a great decision. But any of these guys could work and honestly it's it's one of those as you said before teams that one player's not playing so well you could throw another one in for him and he may not be as good but do the same that's the striker situation for Spain. yeah
1: mm-hmm. they don't but have like it. that one standout striker that's like oh yeah we're picking him like, he's the best yeah but it's they have something. a solid midfield oh very, very solid, solid. and their Thiago. defense is getting a little old but i mean they're still on top Ramos of is game. still
0: great carvajal
1: is still great yeah, PK but, is still there,
0: and Jordi Alba. Don't forget him. I believe yeah. he's he'll he'll God, be around. It's been for the that. same
1: freaking back four been forever. It's been them
0: forever. It's crazy. I know
1: ever um, since
0: we watch. Yeah, Fia- but they have Thiago, they have Busquets, they have Isco. That's a great midfield alone right yeah. there. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting to see. And Spain yet again has the tools, but can they relive the glory that they had? In 2010 and 2012. Because they've kind of faded away a little bit. But we'll see if they could reestablish themselves in this tournament. So yeah. now let's move to Sweden. Sweden had in 2018... In 2018, they made the World Cup quarterfinals without Zlatan. But will the? do you think the Euros will yield different results for the Sweden squad? I
1: don't think so. I think Sweden... I think Sweden had a very good, a very good group stages. Obviously, finished second behind Spain, and now they're up in the group again against Spain. But I don't know. I was honestly very surprised when I saw Sweden make it to the the quarterfinals without Zlatan, because a lot of the names we heard, like we never really heard them before, like uh, maybe just um, the the center back on man you Lindelof. I yeah. heard I knew about him. but Not really too many others. But they, they came together well as a team and they were able to perform in the World Cup and they might be able to do that here. But I don't know with Poland's history they might be able to push it to second. But who knows? Yeah, of course the their lineup has aged a bit, but overall yeah. it
0: stayed it stayed pretty similar. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of if they could pull off the same thing they did like when they they really played great against teams like Mexico, Germany, and then South Korea is obviously a weaker side. But they they. They like showed that they were strong, and then they got to the quarterfinals. So like, could I? I think that they have the potential, but honestly, it's in the hands of Poland for Sweden. Like, the fate of Poland decides Sweden's fate as well, and that will move us on to Poland, who is one of those teams that really have had their problems in the big tournaments like
1: Austria. Yeah, I was gonna say like like I feel like exactly like Austria situation. Yeah, they really. They, on paper, they look great.
0: Mm-hmm. They have, I believe, the best striker in the world. Then they have young strikers behind them, or not as established strikers. You have Piatek of Milan and Milik of Napoli, two Serie A strikers that are that tear it up. And you have Z- Zielinski in mid and Szczesny in net. That's a good squad. Yeah, solid Ke- squad. But will Poland follow
1: their reputation of collapsing? I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a big chance for Lewandowski. If I'm going to be honest, I, I. I think it's one of his last times, at this in this stage, and I think it's his time to show hit, show the world why he is the best striker. And I know he can do it. He has people that can back him up. Like you said, Zielinski. He has to back Lewandowski up he has to get put in the crosses give him the passes because Lewandowski if he's anywhere close to the net he will put it in and I think that's going to be a very important factor whether it's Milik laying it off to him or playing up top with him or whoever it is is just able to give it to him and let him do what he does and I think that's going to be a big thing for big thing for this um Poland squad and that's the thing you see with Lewandowski. You see a great club
0: striker. He's one of those club players, but is he gonna establish himself internationally? And this is, I believe, his last chance. Um, he didn't have the greatest coaching in Bayern with Kovac, but he's he still got the ball in the back of the net. He's 31 years old. I don't know if this is his if this is another chance for him, or will we see consistency? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I it, I think it is. He has to put his head. Like straight on and be like, this is this is it or this is now or it's never. Like it's my last chance. Like I gotta do it now. And I think I think he will show. I think he will do better than he has in the past for his nation. And I hope I hope they I hope they do well in this tournament. I think the biggest toss up is second and third place.
0: First and fourth are pretty well established. Yeah. So now oh, we'll our move. Our favorite group. Let's go. The group of death. Group F. Six combined euros six combined world cups that is a crazy group right there and i'll go over it for those let me just say one thing i think i just say
1: rest in peace iceland at this point
0: (laughs) yeah rest in peace iceland that's for sure we both have iceland as our playoff team accompanied by france germany and portugal which i think is just iceland's magic is not going to work for them in this one so let's Mm -hmm. go through the matches match one Iceland versus Portugal I have 2-1 for
1: Portugal. I have 2 nothing Portugal. Okay, France Germany I have a 3-3 three, three. firework duel. Ooh, I have a 4-2 France victory.
0: Okay, and Iceland versus France for match 2, 3 nothing I- for France. I have a 3 nothing for France as well. Then we move
1: to Portugal Germany,
0: I had a 2-2 two, two draw.
1: Ooh, 2-2 two, two draw. Yeah. I think Germany's gonna do it. I think they're gonna do it in style, two nothing.
0: Okay. Match
1: three, um, Iceland Germany. I had
0: three one for Germany.
1: I had two one Germany.
0: And is that because of reserving players for the knockout round or is yeah, that just it's same with France and Portugal. I also did the same thing. Okay. And then Portugal, France,
1: I have two 0 for I have one nothing France. I think it's gonna be a late goal, but I think they're just gonna clean up what they have to and get out. Okay, so for me, I have in first, France with seven points, in second,
0: Germany with five points, mm-hmm. third is Portugal with four, and fourth
1: is Iceland with zero. Man, I'm really seeing, mine are all like nine, six, three, zeros. I don't really have a lot of draws in there. I honestly think there's going to be a lot of winner and losers in this tournament. So I have France at nine, Germany six, Portugal three, and Iceland zero. We have the same sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. And- Anything could
0: happen. When I say anything could happen in any of the groups, really, I no. emphasize it for the group F, last but not least. This group of death is crazy.
1: Yeah, I think anything could happen. Honestly, I think the biggest thing could happen because I really think France is getting out of here. I think Portugal could upset Germany because Germany hasn't, like, their last World Cup was completely disappointment for them. And they have turned it around in the qualifying stages, but they got to maintain this. They can't let a guy like Ronaldo, like, show them up and take this away from them. Okay, so we'll
0: start with Germany. As you said, they were incredibly disappointing in the World Cup. They, It kind of marked a shift in mentality for them. They went from having their guys like Muller, Schweinsteiger, all those guys. Well, Schweinsteiger obviously not as much in the World Cup, but yeah. that was that was their time. Now they have to move on to a younger generation who are going to be headed by the veterans of Cruz and Royce. But you have a good amount of stars. You have Havertz, you have Nabry, you have Sané, you have Werner, you have Kimmich, you have Brandt. That's a strong squad right there. That is a young, good German team. Is this a resurgence for them, or do you think it's going to be more of the same?
1: I don't know. I think it's going to be something. I think Germany can turn around. They have so much talent on that team, as the top dogs really do. I think this young team has so much pr- potential whether it's Leroy Sané I know he's been injured a little bit but I really think he'll be a big factor in the upcoming World Cups for Germany and how they're going to play our next Euros and Joshua Kimmich and and you said Julian Brandt I think they're they're going to be they're going to be key factors in this and you have Reus you have Kruis in the midfield and really that that presence of Maturity and like, all right, guys, do this, do that, and something to bring everyone together and really lead that team to victory. And I think they can do it. And honestly, a big thing for me is: is Neuer gonna be there? Is I was Neuer gonna the be, same thing? Is it gonna is, be Neuer or Trastegan? Yeah, I don't know. But that's a big thing because they're both top goalies. But is Neuer's time up? Like he has, he has been playing well. But I, I feel like Trastegan has just been playing better overall than Neuer. They're has. both. They're both phenomenal
0: goalies, and I yeah. can understand why you could choose one or the other. In the same way that Buffon was the goalie for Italy forever, you could or Casillas for Spain, stuff like that. You could see the same thing for Neuer as he's aging, still hold that spot. But Ter Stegen is more than capable of taking it from him.
1: Yeah, exactly. They have two top goalies, two of the top clubs in the world. And to have two of them, that's, that's really something. Let's talk about Iceland a bit. Do you I want think me to start off?
0: They're in for a whooping.
1: Yeah, I think they're they're just doomed. I think, I honestly think they're gonna their coach is gonna sit them down and be like, guys, we all know what we're getting into here, so let's start doing the hoop. The shape,
0: the thing that's made Iceland Iceland in a soccer fan's eyes is their ability to believe and their ability to put talent aside, and win.
1: Yeah, I think I, they're gonna have a lot. I think I think they're gonna the first game they have. Who's that up against again? Their first game they have against Portugal. Portugal. I think that's why I think that's going to be their closest game. I think they're going to come out believing and fighting for every single minute, but I think it's going to end up in defeat. And they're just going to become to that realization was like, damn, that was probably the easiest team we had to face in this group.
0: It's just a huge toss up for Iceland to, to just land in this group. And it's unfortunate for them because they do have a lot of fans, a lot of people who like that they've had such magical tournaments, but this one might not be the same for them. We'll move on to Portugal, who you said will be, would be Iceland's weakest opponent. There's a huge question mark over Cristiano Ronaldo. He's going to be 36 years old by the tournament. He might be shifting his focus to just a, a club season, not getting tired. And Portugal could lose their cornerstone. Do you think Ronaldo will leave, or do you think he'll stick around for one I last run? I think he's
1: going stay. I think there's I think there's too much pride involved with Ronaldo I think he'll get too much backlash if he doesn't stay and I think he will stay because you look at him he doesn't look 36 years old he looks young he looks good he looks fit he just like looks ready to uh, ready to play for another five six years but I think he's going to be an important factor if he because he will stay I know he will if he doesn't I will be surprised wow but I think he'll be an important factor with developing like the younger the younger team. Like you have like a Jao a Felix or you have like a, a Fernandez or you have like a Bernardo Silva. Like all younger uh, younger attacking players that look up to him. I know very much, and they need him to bring this team together because you have Jao Felix, and if Jao Felix is on his top form or Bernardo Silva is on his top form, those three are insane as a top three so really mess up like a France or Germany and really put a surprise on this, this table. I, I also see this as a passing of the baton to
0: these young guys. All three that you mentioned are amazing. And I think that they could do it for Portugal. And this to me is what makes Portugal better than the 2016 squad that won it all. This team is good, but I think it's incredibly unfortunate the group they're in. And I think that they could sneak in as a third place Maybe as a second place, they won't be the top, I feel like. that That's out of range. But second or third, and we will we could see them in the round of 16 making some noise. But it's going to be an interesting one. It's just honestly,
1: it's in the dark for most fans at this moment. Yeah, I think it'll be a big thing if Portugal could defeat, defeat Iceland and they tie either Germany or France. I think that'll be a big thing because I think that'll be a deciding factor whether they make it to the round of 16 or not.
0: Yeah, and each team can't take their Iceland game for granted because every point matters. Yeah, they can't take their Iceland game. And every goal and goal differential matters. If you see something where, if you see a draw between Portugal and Germany and both of them win against Iceland and both of them lose to Germany, I mean, both of them lose to France, that goal differential is what will set them apart for the round of 16 and see who they play. So they can't take any game for granted any minute for granted in this group. And that's what makes it the group of death. Let's move to France. Ooh, France our last team. This is the last team. We'll save, honestly, the best in the world for last. Probably. <laughs> um, France won, as we all know, they won the 2018 world cup. They lost the euros to Portugal and in the final in 2016. They, do do you think they have the potential to replicate the Spanish pattern of success that we saw from 2010 to 2012? Do you think they could do that World Cup Euro thing or is that not a one two punch for them?
1: Uh, I think they can. But I don't know. I remember watching that game Portugal and France and I 100% thought Port- I mean France had it in the bag. Me too. Yeah, was, it, it seemed over. And because Portugal be Croatia, which I was kind of pissed about. But uh, I think they could do it. I think they have the team to do it. I mean, everyone's still there. There's no one. The only people like, people like Mbappe has developed a little bit more, which makes him even better than he was probably two years ago. But I think a big thing is staying focused and not losing like, the momentum they have. they got to come into it. they got to come into it hard. they got to come in, crush every team, and just keep the momentum going. Because that's a big thing. When I say, like, oh, maybe take it easy game, I think that's a big thing, like, with maybe it can rest players, but could that change the momentum of the team and the dynamic? I think it's a lot that could come and play, but I think this team can do it because it's the same team that did it two years ago. Yeah, all their pieces are there.
0: They have Mm -hmm. the same core, and some of them you'll see... Dembele Mbappe as you said they're they're only getting better but the question there's a question looming over Antoine Griezmann he's been a little bit of slump at Barcelona Mm -hmm. is that gonna hurt France or do you think they could pick up the slack for him anyways
1: yeah I, I don't know I think France I think with Barcelona I I once Griezmann left Athletico. I knew he was just going to be overshadowed. Like he could be doing some good things here and there, but it's just you just get overshadowed with Messi and Suarez and just the big dogs. And like, yeah, he's a big dog, but that's why I feel like Neymar left, and that's why I was really confused why he came. But I feel like once he's put back into this France side, I feel like he's just a different player with this France team, and he's able to sit in the role he wants to and not have to play more like out on the wing. He could sit behind like a Giroud or someone and play that out wide ball and make those runs through the defense so i think that i think he'll do okay in that sense but we'll have to see i think he'll do fine
0: yeah i think france it's a matter of getting through and i think they'll get through we'll see how they do in the round of 16 and if they could solidify themselves as a truly great team that will go go down as one of the greatest to me
1: yeah i think they could do it I wouldn't be surprised if they they did it, but it would be amazing to see someone else win, someone not as established in in the world as a team. All right, so now we'll zoom out. As you said, you want to see someone not as established,
0: not as historic win at all. And for me, that's going to be, well, England is a historic team, but not historically successful. You have Netherlands who had success in the past, but now it's a clean slate for them and then for me the other team would be belgium and they really haven't had anything to call theirs so that would be so exciting to see them win the euros yeah i definitely
1: feel like it can be a belgium france final but i f- i just hope they don't end up on the same side of the bracket you know what i mean so they face each other in like the semis or something like that i don't know if they if the groups are set up where they can't we we don't really know yet cuz depending how they finish yeah. hopefully they end up on two opposite sides of the bracket. So that being said, Paul and I both have some different results in certain
0: places, some different teams from playoffs. That will all be accounted for, and we are each going to make our own round of 16 bracket based on all of the things that we have said today and all of the statistics, points, goal differential. All of that will be accounted for as we make our round of 16, and we'll come back to you in the lab with another episode for the round of 16 Thank you guys for joining me in the lab today for the first time with special guest Paul Markovina. We're excited right. to rejoin you to
1: come back to the Euros. Yeah, thank you for having me, Moss. I hope I could be here uh, uh, f- oh, many more times in the future. And I think this was a great, great starting point, so I'm excited for the future. And we're excited to see what happens in the Euros. You know, it's a
0: long way away. Our, what would have been a nice timed prediction has now become a little bit too early. And obviously many things will change, but we are excited to see how our predictions will unfold, and we will continue them next time on The Lab.